1: Hello everybody, welcome along to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. As always, I am James, I haven't changed since the last time you met me, and as always, we've got a very good guest for you on the Cricket Badger Podcast today, it's the Derbyshire captain Billy Godleman, and some really good answers to the Cricket Badger 20 questions that Billy serves up to us over the next hour of the Cricket Badger Podcast Thanks, as always, to tvsportsblog.com for their support of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Give them a follow at tvsportsblog on Twitter. Some really good sporting content on that website. But It's a short introduction today because we've got a very good chat and we might as well get to it. It's captain of Derbyshire. It's Billy Godelman on this edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast.
0: It's that badger style.
1: Billy Goddleman, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's a while since we've spoken. How are you, mate?
0: I'm uh, keeping well, uh, thank you, James, particularly in light of what's what's going on in the world at the moment. And yeah, it's a, it's a real pleasure to, to chat to you uh, again and, and, and get on the podcast. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've been on before, but th- those are in the days, those, those dim distant days of probably even just a fortnight ago when... I didn't have the new kit that I've got, so the the audio quality is better. You used to, when I spoke to you before, I recorded you on an app on my phone and everything was done from my my uh, mobile phone, but now we're, we're a bit more technologically advanced, so people can hear you. The, the numbers have grown as well on the podcast, Billy, so everything's looking good and it's good to have you here. Derbyshire captain, obviously, as well, in lockdown, as a player, how how frustrating is that is it is it quite nice to actually have some time at home too but you must be absolutely jumping at the bit to get out there on the on the green stuff and start playing again
0: well first before i answer your first question james it is um uh, i know you've updated with with some new kit recently but i'm, I'm sure the uh the quality of questions are going to be as as engaging as um as ever um and, and just to congratulate you on the uh, on the great work and, and content that you're putting out, not just to the cricket world, but uh, broader sporting community, you're, you're doing a fantastic job.
1: Oh, you're a very nice man. I mean, we've we've had time together on pre-season trips and stuff like that in the past. And I've always found, yeah, cricketers are usually quite a nice bunch. They're all a, a fairly intelligent bunch. And if you ask them a question, they tend to kind of like go along with it, even if it's a bad question and stuff like that. But I've always found the Derbyshire guys to be very, very pleasant.
0: Oh, really? That's what? It's not nice to hear. I think across the board, and maybe there's uh, take this with a pinch of biased sort because I am a cricketer. But I think across the board, cricketers are generally very approachable, and yeah, they're, they they're happy to to give some some depth and uh, and content to their answers in, in whatever setting it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, perhaps I, it's just a, a cricket thing.
1: I I, yeah, I I do count myself very lucky to kind of do the majority of my work, certainly in terms of kind of interviewing people in cricket um because yeah as i say there's more than one brain cell rattling through uh, the likes of your head so it's uh, it's always quite a good chat to have but yeah yeah getting back to the question um how is lockdown how how, how are you finding it
0: yeah sorry to take you off uh, no, it's fine off you know, if, 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 um, no you, the um... Bill,
1: billy if you're gonna <laughs> praise me i'm more than happy to do 45 minutes on that
0: if you want <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah look lockdown is Personally, been a real mixture. Firstly, with the virus developing um, as it is and, and has done, and all the sort of unfortunate people that and families that have been um, have been hit by it, uh, it, it really has personally put everything into perspective, really. So, from from that regard, the fact that myself and my closest family at the moment have managed to stay to stay healthy, um, we're just really grateful for that. Generally around springtime, are, are not sort of the, the usual thoughts and feelings that you that you experience as a cricketer. It's, it's more gearing towards the season. So with with that understanding, James, uh, there is also a, a big part of me that is yeah is missing the opportunity to go out and, and open the batting and uh, and hit a cricket ball, which which I love doing. I've done for, for many years, and even being in and around um, the lads, at the social side of uh, of the changing room and, and traveling. Yeah, there's there's really sort of two parts of me at the minute. Well, one that's that's really grateful and uh, to be healthy and and, and proud of, of what we're doing as as a nation, particularly the guys on the on the front line that are, that are fighting for us. Um, but also there's there's a part of me that this time of year signifies playing cricket and and to have that or not to have that uh, opportunity is um, yeah, it's been really strange.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I'm, I'm kind of split 50-50. Obviously, it's horrendous. My daughter's a nurse as well, and obviously kind of concerned about her and very proud of her at the same time. Yeah, but, you must be extremely yeah, proud, yeah. You know, you, you're also, um, yeah, you know, this is the time where I start to kind of like wander around. You know, we've, we've, we've done the press days. You start watching cricket, here, bat on ball, and that's kind of the summer. And uh, we're being denied that at the moment, aren't we? I mean, I wanted to get into talking to you. I mean, if, before we get, you're going to do the 20 questions today, and we'll, we'll get onto that and uh, some of the more light-hearted stuff in a moment. But... Yeah, COVID and coronavirus and and lockdown and and no sport and all that kind of stuff. It's I, I find it quite a, a a worrying time for cricket. I've been quite vocal, Billy, on my opposition to the hundred, but that's that's almost been shelved at the moment because I I'm concerned about cricket survival and and the survival sure. of the county clubs. The ECB of uh, obviously going to be. Um, a skint to a degree, um, because yeah. the, the money's not rolling into their coffers. And if if we have a summer, which is potentially possible, where we don't get any cricket at all, and there's no revenue streams coming in, cricket's going to take a serious hit, isn't it?
0: Look, James, I, I don't um, I, I don't know intricately the the finances of of sort of individual counties and, and ECB as our sort of governing body, but. Yeah, you, you would assume 12 months of six or seven months in our case it, 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 across a county season of, of no cricket play, no content for the television and other media outlets and, and no revenue for or for counties. I, I think it would be more than reasonable to, to have the concerns that, that you have and, and I share as well. I, I just hope that somehow, uh, uh, some way, in all of the, these hard times and, and hardships, there is a, a possible solution to, to make sure that we safe, safeguard the game at, at all levels and it doesn't take um, too big of a hit.
1: I, I saw a quote, I mean, it's a few weeks ago now, but Mark Arthur, the, the Yorkshire Chief Executive, he, he was saying, yeah, most county clubs, they kind of budget and they have... Um, lower level budgets mid level budgets and high level budgets depending on expectations and what have you and he said you know most counties budget for maybe 80% or something like that if, if it doesn't quite go right but yeah. no counties budget for nothing you <laughs> know and, and a lot of the counties I mean Derbyshire are no different every every county yeah. uh, is set up to have the, the cricket the, the the kind of income that comes from that but you'll have your, your social nights and your entertainment venues as, as part mm. of the ground which, it, which you know all of that's cancelled at the moment you know Counties have rock concerts on their grounds and all kinds of different yeah, things sure. to try and earn some cash, don't they? And all of that's just just fallen away,
0: isn't it? Yeah, hasn't we, we had a, a big concert coming mid to late summer as well. So, in line with your your examples there, there they're going to be a, a lot of things, not just cricket, uh, that that make yeah, things very difficult for, for the county and the and the broader domestic game. What be uh, yeah be interesting to hear what you uh, you've. Um, you have been quite vocal in your, in your concerns, but what exactly they are, Like, how do you see the, the landscape of cricket over the next 12, 18, 24 months, James? Well,
1: I, I think we've, we've kind of... If,
0: of... if, if sorry, if, yep. if, if we assume the very worst case scenario that there is no cricket played...
1: I've been vocal against the hundred. I didn't I didn't think cricket needed a fourth format. I thought the way it was introduced with a very much a lack of consultation to existing supporters was poor from the ECB. I didn't think they listened enough to their existing customer base. I thought that it was a bit of a gamble and you were kind of putting your eggs into a new basket. You got the T20 Blast which was successful. You're, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Derbyshire have been very very successful in that of late as well. And we were getting more bums on seats in the T20 Blast. And my, my way if you're going to change things and I'm certainly not anti-change If you're going to change it, I thought the best way of doing it, and I've heard a few other people say this as well, so it's not my theory, but having a a two-divisional T20 blast where you have a Premier League, which is the, the shiny one, which is a TV matches You have promotion and relegation, you have playoffs at the end of the season, which are going to be mirroring the football kind of model. That would have increased the kind of relevance of that tournament. Um, You've got existing supporters for all 18 counties, so the risk of introducing something brand new wouldn't be there because you've already got that county fan base who would have attended T20 matches anyway hopefully you'd get a new audience coming in too. And therefore you'd have something quite solid and quite strong with the potential to, to really ramp it up and make it, make it sing and dance. Yeah. But the argument for that is almost kind of gone on hold at the moment, because my, my concern at the moment is for cricket in general. Like I said, you know, the, the, the lack of revenue and I'm usually quite a glass is half full kind of guy. I've kind of trained myself at the moment to be pessimistic and not expect to see any cricket this summer. And then if if it all changes then I'll be delighted. But th- this could even kick on into next year. I think people you know, don't quite comprehend that we've had a lockdown period, but that virus is still out there. Social distancing yeah. is going to continue for a long, long time until there's a vaccine and there's medicines and we're able to actually cope with this. So 2021 season could be impacted yet. So it is quite gloomy, I think, in terms of the, the the immediate future for cricket and the lack of revenue for a, for a sport like cricket. It's not, I mean you'll, you'll know, cricketers aren't paid. They're, they're, you've got a nice income, and I'm not, not going to ask you what it is. But as captain of Derbyshire, you'll get a, a nice little tidy salary. But it's, you're not you're not on Wayne Rooney's money. Cricket doesn't earn the kind of cash that Manchester United and Chelsea's making football so yeah this, this is quite an earth-shattering moment for cricket and we, we yeah. might come out the other side of it with a landscape looking quite a lot different to, to how it is now and I think you know the, the arguments now for the hundred I mean I, I I mean this is your interview and I end up talking more than you do but for me I was totally anti the hundred but if if the hundred is the answer, and if the 100 is going to be the money-making thing that the ECB are, are touting it as, surely rather than play the T20 Blast this year, you played the 100, because that could bring some money into the coffer. So I, I can't quite comprehend, I haven't quite got my head around how all of the finances and all of this stuff works at the moment. But, you know, I, I mean, just kind of the, the last point is to reiterate, I am I am really concerned about the game of cricket. I love 18 counties, I love the Derbyshire's and Leicestershires and the, the kind of so-called smaller counties, I love the bigger counties and the Test Match grounds. And you know, one of my reasons for opposing the 100 was that I, want, I, I thought it was potentially a route for the ECB to end up culling the 18 counties and to kind of say, well, this eight-team franchise model works, so therefore let's kind of trim everything down. I didn't want to see that. I want to see 18 counties flourish. I love the championship and I love the Red Bull. I like the White Bull, but I love the Red Bull too, and that, that was my concern, but I think you know, in covid times and and the aftermath of covid when hopefully very soon but whenever that is I, i'm concerned really about the game and the future of cricket
0: yeah well i can hear that and i think it's a concern that's shared definitely through my sort of network within the game yeah the, the thought of of this extending to 2021 that is really concerning so let's hope that um Something can can be done, or uh, we're able to to adapt with with the new sort of resources and uh, and conditions that uh, that the world throws at the game of cricket.
1: One thing I wanted to ask you is, I mean, the, the potential way out of of this, even whilst the virus is out there, is for games to be played behind closed doors. There's been a yeah. lot of talk about you know whether it's international matches, whether it's the hundred, whether it's the T20 Blast. However, it's done, you know, sticking counties and, and teams into quarantine you know, you're, you're away from your wife and your kids and, and all the rest of it, but at least you're playing cricket and at least the, the game's earning some money. But do you see that being a, a potential possibility? I mean, I, I, there's a really good video on YouTube if uh, listeners want to watch it. I did retweet it the other day. Jared Kimber has yep. done a little kind of like funny little video of, about COVID times and how, how can cricket play in lockdown. and He, he shares my opinions really that I, I find it very difficult to comprehend how you can keep players and all of the kind of like, peripheral figures that are around a a, a game of cricket, the umpires and coaches and media and whoever else, how you can keep them safe. And you know, it only takes one person to cough on day three of a tournament. And all of a sudden everybody's back in quarantine in isolation again, aren't they?
0: They are. And that is, I'm no, I'm no doctor healthcare sector uh, worker, James, but I, I share the, the same concerns. It is so many people in a confined space it, it doesn't take much to, to spread the virus so that is I think people's health at the moment whether you're a player or, or official is what's closest or, or most prominent on people's minds. so although I'd personally love to to get back and, and play cricket as soon as possible um, but I certainly wouldn't want to do that uh, to the detriment of people's health uh, in and around the cricket community but most importantly to, to take any resources or time and energy away from people that, that are fighting and pursuing things um, that are quite a bit more important than a, than a game of cricket.
1: I mean that that's one of the things that this is doing really isn't it? I mean we all love cricket we all think it's massively important because yeah. it, it is our livelihoods and it's what we love at the end of the day it's just a sport and it's a game isn't it?
0: It is and, and it is and very as you say the, to, to and I want to come across flippant of the, the importance of us getting out there and playing the revenue streams obviously provide us all in the cricket world with with our incomes. Um, so we've obviously got an invested interest in, in the game, getting up and, and running as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, just just personally, my, my stance I can only speak on behalf of myself, is I, I would have to feel comfortable that it was that we were not feeling as if we were taking resources or, or time and energy away from people that, that really need it. I'm
1: gonna throw this at you off the um, off kind of left field here. But if I was the if I was phoning you up now and I said, Right Billy, um, I'm the ECB. We're gonna have the T twenty blast, we're gonna play it over a five week period, but what we need you and your team to do is to come two weeks in advance, um, stay in a hotel, away from your family um, you're all in isolation for two weeks to try and make sure that the virus isn't inside the various camps and then you, you still remain in quarantine throughout a five week period where we play a T20 Blast tournament, it means that we're going to get revenue, it means that we're going to get entertainment on the TVs, it means that the game can you know, potentially at least get something out of this summer what kind of questions would you ask back there if, um, if that was offered to you, I mean would that be something that you would consider doing?
0: Well, firstly, I would most certainly consider doing it, um, but that would be under the, the strong assumption that um, we would get to that point by not overlooking the, the point that I've made previous that yeah. assuming that the the government bodies and and the uh, the people that are making the decisions at, at county and and board level don't see that five week period as as being us being treated differently to to, to normal civilian people if that's the right right thing to say or non-sporting people um, and most importantly the, the guys out there in the world that as I said that need the time and energy and resources to uh, to, to keep alive and keep healthy so yeah under the assumption that we wasn't breaking any of that I, I would be more than more than willing and, and happy to firstly get back and, and play the, the game of cricket that I love but also if it it helped us get content out there and for the financial side of the cricket to be enhanced by that then yeah providing we wasn't making things harder or more difficult and challenging for people outside the cricket and sporting world then I'd be very much uh, uh, open and, and happy to do that James
1: well I hope we're not talking about this for too much longer but I fear that we might be <laughs> The Cricket Badger Podcast is brought to you in association with tvsportsblog.com. Give them a follow on Twitter at tvsportsblog. Excellent sporting content. It's well worth a look and give them a follow on Twitter at tvsportsblog. Let's get into your Cricket Badger 20 questions, Billy Godelman. Yeah, yeah. Start, we'll start with question number one. If you hadn't gone into cricket, what would Billy Godelman be doing now? What would you have done with your life?
0: It's a really tough one, that James, because um, I started very young, so... Been fortunate to be a professional since I was 16, so I, I didn't really have too much time to, to think of alternative options other than cricket. As as a child, all I wanted to do was was play cricket uh, for, for a living um, and, and be a professional. So yeah, in that in that regard, I, I yeah I'm not quite sure the thought of me not being involved in cricket in some context Um, I find difficult to to see now Um, so perhaps I I would have got my coaching badges uh, a lot earlier and and pursued um, a a career in coaching or in a way that I could have been connected to the game.
1: Who has been the biggest influence on your cricket career?
0: I hope this is not a boring answer for the sake of the podcast because I think it would be um, it wouldn't feel right for me to, to name someone Specifically in the cricket world because I've had so many influences and people that have added value and, uh, and really helped and looked after me through my professional career. It, yeah, it doesn't feel right to, to, to name one specifically, so um, I'd have to say my dad, uh, James, um, because before I became a professional, sort of the the love and the introduction to to the game was through him, um, and then yeah, the amount of hours. of Time and energy and resource that he gave to me in firstly learning the game, but then being able to to play it as much as I as I did as a child and, and develop and get better and create opportunities for me. Um, yeah, if I wouldn't have had that that foundation of mum and dad, yeah, I certainly wouldn't have, have been able to uh, to forge a career as a professional.
1: Parents play a massive part, don't they? As, as kids, I mean, we we've all had that. and Even people like me, you were too rubbish to actually be a professional cricketer. I, I would imagine from your side of things, that, that day when you see, you score 100 and you're walking off and you see your dad clapping and looking proud as punch, that that's kind of sort of payback?
0: Yeah, it is. Um, it is. And uh, particularly, I, I found more uh, just personally, like that uh, earlier in my career, um, it, it was more the case. I think maybe because there hadn't been so much time and distance from that sort of early formative years period where... Uh, there's so many sort of hours that uh, dad and I spent in in the nets or uh, on the motorway or talking over the game and that yeah that that felt the case more. Um, so yeah, look, massively uh, in, indebted to to both mum and dad for the sacrifices that they made and uh, in providing me the opportunities to to play the game and, and get better and, and somehow become um, a professional to fulfil my dream as a, as a child to to play. Yeah, to play the game.
1: What's been your best moment in cricket? If I could take you, Billy Gordon, back to any day in your career to allow you to live that 24 hours again, which day would you take me back to?
0: As a Middlesex player, we won the uh, 2007, I believe it was, 2020 tournament against uh, Kent in a, in a thrilling final down at the Rose Bowl. It's the only, so far in my career, it's the only domestic uh, honour that, that I have. And I should look back now and, I do laugh at sort of how, how naive I was. I think mean, it was only my sort of third or uh, second or third year as, as a professional, and, and I'd won uh, such, a, such a big uh, tournament and, and prize, and, and wrongly at the time assumed that that's what, what it was like. You <laughs> played a few games, and you, you won a few, few tournaments. So, no, look, personally, as a, as, a, as a London boy and a, and a Middlesex. A lad coming through and, and, and a huge supporter having grown up at Lords at the age of eight or nine to as a teenager um, not be not only be a, a part of of winning a huge domestic honor but to actually play in, in the game and and the tournament for throughout yeah it was uh, about 24 hours um, was most yeah most certainly my mo on this within the game of, uh, of cricket memory.
1: I heard Anton McGrath saying the other day that when the Yorkshire won the the championship in two thousand and one, he he didn't really take it uh, like you just said. He, he enjoyed the celebrations and everything, but looking back now, he sees the significance of that day. Whereas at the time, he was just thinking, "Well, we'll probably win another one next year."
0: Yeah, and, and I think very similar to to Mag's in that regard. That I, I think mine was more of youth and and, and naivety. I was. Still a teenage, I just thought that's that's what happened. You, you played you played some games and you won a tournament. I, and I look back now; I'ven't played for another whatever it is, 10, 12 years since then, and haven't managed to win to win anything since. Yeah, I, I, uh, I certainly didn't um, at the time, perhaps sort of appreciate or savor it as uh, as much as I can now, looking back retrospectively.
1: I imagine from what you just said, there, if you, if you could lift something as captain of Derbyshire, that would probably eclipse that. Now you'd probably appreciate it more because you've had to wait so long.
0: Oh, most certainly, um, not not just because of the, the time the time frame in, in weight, obviously that, that that would add to it, but my affiliation and connection with Derbyshire uh, as, Derby as a county uh, and Derby as a part of the world is is very important to me. To me, James, now as you know, I'm very fortunate to be uh, captain of the club. Um, moving into half a decade now. I'm very much throughout my, my time uh, as, a, as a Derbyshire player lived um, very close to the ground in the local community, very connected to the local community. Our children and uh, family have been raised here. Uh, because of the size of um, us, uh, Derbyshire being a smaller club, the, the communication and relationships with the members are, is an intimate one. It's really nice in that regard. And most importantly to... To not only represent a, a club that that means, uh, a city that means so much to you, but to play alongside uh, uh, quite a few of your closest friends and, and win something, yeah, you know, would certainly would uh, eclipse uh, anything that I've um, managed to, to experience in the game.
1: Before five years ago, did you see yourself as a captain? And what, what have been the challenges of taking on the captaincy? Is it something that you found easy and natural, or have you had to really work at it?
0: Um, had this, I've had this, people have asked me this question a few times actually, because I think um, I don't know whether because I've done it for like a reasonable period of time that people assume that you've always wanted to be a captain and and you'd know because particularly that one preseason that you alluded to earlier in the, in the podcast where you you were with us throughout one of our preseason tours at the start of my transition into the club, the captaincy would have been the furthest thing away from what well, it wasn't on my mind. Just reestablishing my career and having opportunities to, to play and win games for derby is all, all that I was trying to do um when I joined the club so yeah to to answer your question I, I never imagined that um that I would be or would have the opportunity to captain derbyshire however it it would it wouldn't be totally accurate of me to say I've never thought that I would like or could be a captain um, particularly at sort of lower level a younger age group type of experience. I'd never actually been um, earmarked or given the opportunity to captain. Um, and yeah, internally, I found that um, <laughs> hard to understand at times because I thought that, personally, thought I, I could have done a reasonable job at it. But um, uh, I'm sure there were there were reasons to, um, for, for why I wasn't <laughs> entrusted with that responsibility at a young age. So yeah, like, although I, I'd never... Actually, at, at my time in moving to Garby thought, I, I would become captain. Um, I have, go, going way back as older cricket, thought that I, I would like the opportunity one day to, to do role. Well.
1: I've spoken to captains in the past and they've, they've all said, I'm always learning, I'm always trying different things, I'm always trying to improve. But you, you seem to have taken to it quite naturally.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's nice of you to say. It doesn't, it doesn't always feel like that, James. Um, <laughs> I, I've been very... Um, I've been very fortunate um, at, at, Dar- at Derbyshire um, to have a really, like, incredibly well supported by the, the senior players. Uh, particularly, um, I, I took over the captaincy from Wayne Madden, who you also know well. And, and when Wayne decided that he no longer wanted um, to, to do the role, he was incredibly supportive in me transitioning into the role, and yeah, offering his. Sort of advice and, and, and counsel sharing his experience. And, and just to have his, him helping you on a day-to-day basis along with uh, Tony Palladino, another in, incredible senior pro at, at the club. So to have them guys sort of in and around me, particularly at the, I'd say, the first 12, 18, 24 months of me being captain because I was I say was a young captain, but relatively young. I was mid-20s when, when I took over or just a little bit older I think that that first sort of 24 months of of, of easing into the role and, and having that strong support on a day-to-day basis within the team um, I think yeah really really helped me get my foot in the door and uh, I'd like to think that with time I have learned from uh, what's gone gone before or at least tried um, and I've been more comfortable actually putting my my own stamp on things and, and understanding how I want to captain the side or, or make decisions, so uh, I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a really bad comparison because I was only captain of a, a very kind of sort of standard club team. But I, I always, I, I found that I got better at it. Uh, I, I, well, I think I did. You'd probably have to ask my teammates who are probably drunk in a pub somewhere. Well, I'm not in lockdown. <laughs> um, but the, um, the I, I always, I found that when I first started doing it. And, and everybody kind of has these experiences, don't you? I, th- I think that's what what's great about cricket is because you play for a club and you watch the professionals play and you can kind of understand what they're going through, even though they're better than you. And I, as, a, as a captain of my club team, when I first started, I was a little bit timid. I was kind of like reactive and I was following the ball and stuff. But as you kind of grow into the role of doing it, you start to maybe kind of drive the game a little bit more as a captain. Did you, did you find that, that you kind of... You trust yourself and you trust your gut a little bit more as you get as you get uh, a bit more experience of doing it.
0: Yeah, um, a, a, a lot of that resonates uh, with myself, James, and, and totally understand it, irrespective of the standard of of cricket you're playing. If you're a captain of a cricket team, it's it, 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 all the similar challenges that the game uh, poses. I, I think for me, I, I think that first having that support from the from the senior guys and my friends internally. Um, the first 12, 18, 24 months, I think really gave me time and space to understand what my style of captaincy, preference of style and captaincy was like. And then I think I had the time and space then to have confidence to do that day in, day out. Personally, uh, not everyone's the that's, same. that's the beauty of the game and, and life, you've got different characters, but much like when it's appropriate, time wise, and it's not always the case, particularly in the in the middle of a t twenty game. But um, I, I do like to have or seek the opinions of, of other people because I think more thoughts are better than just one. And I think I've just become more um, efficient and experienced at taking on their opinions and then running up running them up against how I'm feeling and seeing the game, and then making a decision. And as I said, I think that first sort of couple of years uh, working my way into to captaincy, I was very fortunate of the sort of internal support I had because um, it, it very much enabled me to, to realise that's how, well, that's my style and, and to go out there and uh, and do that for the club.
1: You've you got a good man there in Wayne Mudson, haven't you? I mean, I've talked about how, how pleasant the Derbyshire guys are, but Wayne Mudson must be one of the most, uh, one of the nicest guys in cricket, really.
0: Yeah, nicest guys, well, in, in life, Mads is... <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a lovely man. And yeah, just as I said, he's been incredibly helpful, not just uh, within a captaincy context, but um, you know, with with the close friends and he's been a a, a real um support. I've learned a lot playing uh alongside him within the context of my personal game. And equally as well, I must say Tony Palladino, thirty eight, I think now, Tone um, if I've stuck a year or two on him, then I, I apologise. <laughs> but um, he's, he's coming closer to 40 than he's 35. And you know, all, all of his experience uh, announced to, to have kept such a long career being a medium-fast bowler yeah, says a lot about the, the individual. He's, he's obviously had to be very um, astute and show a lot of nows with how he's developed his, his bowling and, um, and how he operates out on the field. Um, and you have to have a serious amount of determination to keep your body sort of fit and, and get up and bowl day in, day out. And um yeah, as well as Wayne, he's been um, he's been instrumental in, in supporting me, but also being a being someone that I've I've learned a great deal of, particularly over the last four or five years.
1: Wayne Mudson and Tony Palladino, previous guests on the Cricket Badger Podcast. So there's plenty of back catalogue out there listeners. If you want to go back and listen to the chats with them. From previous editions of the podcast, then uh, feel free. Billy, we've done the good bits, um, the, the good day sure. in cricket, and we've talked about the, the, the kind of proud being captain of Derbyshire, the worst day in cricket. What day would you not want me to take you back to? What, what have you tried to kind sure. of shed from your memory?
0: I wouldn't tell you i to shed this from my memory, but it's definitely my most difficult day um, as a professional. And it actually came off the field, James. Um, it was when I was very politely and diplomatically sacked by Essex in a, uh, yeah, a, a little tent or marquee in the corner of Colchester Cricket Club. And, yeah, look, I I was expecting it because of what had uh, transpired across my three or four years at the club. Um, but, it, yeah, it was very different to, to hear the words and have it uh, definitively said to you that we no longer want or require your services at the club. And I remember jumping into my car and, and driving home thinking, I actually haven't got a job now. I'm not involved in the in the game that, that I love as a professional. Um, and yeah, that was, a, as you can imagine, it was a yeah difficult, difficult 24 hours.
1: And how long did it take you to get back into cricket from that day? I,
0: I, was, I was very fortunate that I had I a time frame. I, I can't be, I think it was around August time that would have been. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I had signed for Derbyshire at the start of October, um, and in in them intervening weeks, I was fortunate that I had other interest and, and offers reasonably quickly. But yeah, if memory serves me correctly, there was definitely a, a period of of a few weeks where you know I wasn't involved in in the game and um, I didn't have anything sort of hard on on the on the table. Yeah, it was very from someone that's come straight out of school playing cricket to, to then just be taken out of it. Um, yeah, it was it was very difficult. Uh, but obviously I was equally as fortunate to 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 find another place to to play so
1: quickly. It's almost one of those everything happens for a reason kind of moments, isn't it? And you end up at Derbyshire, you end up being captain, you end up spending quite a long time there. So it's uh it all comes out in the wash, yeah. doesn't it?
0: Well, it did. It all comes out in the wash. I wouldn't have had my family if I'm, I've got sat that day in uh in in the market at, at Colchester. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, grateful in a, in a strange, <laughs> strange sort of way.
1: Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. The listeners are going up every single week through COVID-19. Hopefully we're giving you a little bit of entertainment to take you away from the troubles in the world. Thank you very much for listening. Loads of great guests planned for the next few weeks as well. So stay tuned to Cricket Badger Podcast. Like, subscribe. Thank you so much for your support of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Who was your cricket hero when you were a kid?
0: Opening batters, so anyone that batted in the top three, I had a, a lot of admiration for. My, my English ones growing up were um, Atherton, Stewart, Foskett, Vaughan, and Strauss and Cook, who I was very fortunate enough to, to play with. Both of them guys, they were—they have all been you know, huge influences on. Um, on my growing love for the game and, and who I enjoyed uh, watching and, and supporting. Um, I think away from that, my, my two uh, the two creators I most admire were uh, Graham Smith and, and Matthew Hayden. And not surprisingly, two left-handed opening batters that had some oh, had great presence at out, out on, the, on the field. I'd say that them to uh, along along with the, the group of the English guys that I mentioned were. Yeah, what most meaningful uh, to me, uh, making my way in the game.
1: I keep wanting to ask you supplementary questions on your answers, and uh, I'm just conscious of time that we need to rattle through some of these questions. But just, just very quickly, you when you were at Middlesex, you were compared to Andrew Strauss, weren't you? Was that a pressure that you you ultimately didn't necessarily deal with?
0: No, I don't think it was, Um, because I got compared to Strauss, Ramp, (laughs) (laughs) Gatting, everybody um, when I was breaking loads of schoolboy sort of records and. Making hundreds on debut and you know, had a lot of smoke blown in my direction. At, at the time, I didn't, not really. I don't, I don't really, I don't feel like it. It obviously didn't sort of hamper me at the time because um, I, I, I'd done, I'd done well at every level that I was introduced to. I think the thing that I found difficult was when I did stumble across, as we all do in, in any field. Um, a, a period of failure which i hadn't really had until my, my late teens or one i hadn't really experienced that in my life up to date so that was strange and uncharted territory and i think just the nature of being a a, t- a teenager at the time i'm not i don't think i was sort of mature or emotionally balanced or developed enough to to be able to work through that in in the best possible way at the time so yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it was it was hard being compared to the the great Middlesex players. It, it, it was more um, my my lack of of experience and and maturity at that age of uh, dealing with, with failure.
1: If you could trade lives with any current cricketer, live in their skin for a day, feel what it's like to be as good as them playing cricket, but also you know the things that maybe go around their lives in 24 hours, who would you pick?
0: Uh, i I'm, I'm so sorry, but if I could possibly, James, I, I'd have to answer this question with someone that's not a current cricketer because it would only be Sir Ian Botham for me if I could that's fine. if I could be if I could be anyone yeah it would be it would be it would be Sir Ian Botham uh, particularly that summer in 81 where he was batting bowling catching pigeons yeah if 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 I could if I could just tweak the question slightly it would it would definitely be um uh, Sir Ian Botham
1: I think we'll do that with that question from now on, actually, Billy. You, you've, you've set the trend. I think we'll let oh, right, go back correct. in time as well.
0: That's 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 my re- rebellious streak coming out, James. Sorry. <laughs>
1: um, I'm going to put you in charge of Will Cricket for a day. Um, your name is yeah. on the big office door. You've sat behind the big desk. Mm. What would you change or introduce to make cricket better?
0: No, I'm, I know it's not going to be the most popular answer from a financial standpoint, um, particularly in light of, of what we're working through at the moment. But for me, I, I grew up... Loving and admiring Test cricket and Test cricketers. So, whilst not cutting the the game's nose off financially, um, I I would most certainly my primary sort of course of action would be to to safeguard and look after the the great game of of Test cricket. How that is done, or or what needs to be done for that to happen, is 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 a question for someone. A lot higher up. Than,
1: no, you're in charge, myself. Billy. You're, you're, you're no, in charge, no. Billy. Uh, you know, what you what you do, Billy, is you delegate it and you say, right, I want you to safeguard Test cricket. Go off and do it, and that's that's your that's your job as a boss.
0: That's my brief, and then I what I will try and do is is recruit the people that um, that would best be able to get that as uh, something tangible. So yeah, there's yeah, there's there's the answer.
1: If you were starting your career again and you were the young Billy Godelman, and maybe you could write yourself a letter or send yourself a text, whatever the, the technology allows. Is there anything you'd advise yourself back then as a, maybe a 15-year-old or something like that that you could do differently with your career to, to maybe get something more out of yourself?
0: Most certainly. Yeah. The one thing brings straight to mind is pursuing things away from the game and, and seeing or understanding their value, not only to... Cricket development and performance, but most importantly, um, and I say I'll reinforce that most importantly, my well-being um, as a as a person. Uh, I, I look back at my early years, and obviously, I, I love the game. All I wanted to do is, is be playing cricket. But I think the false equation I had in my head was: if I'm always sleeping, eating, breathing cricket, the more balls I hit, the more play that. that I Accumulate the, the better, on my results are going to be. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, you, you need to you need to put the time in, and the repetitions in to, to get to get better at anything. But I think certainly at, at a young at a younger age, um, I channeled and zoned into cricket far too much and far too early. Um, so yeah, the, the couple of pieces of advice I, I would be very strict in pursuing something um, academically, just so that there was something. On the, on the CV that you could potentially fall back on if, if cricket was taken from you or is ended for you sooner than, you, than you'd like, like my sort of instance at, at, at Colchester. Um, but also I'd really be encouraging myself to pursue um, other hobbies and, and interests just to make sure that you're you're getting out of the cricket space and world, you're you communicating with different people, you're seeing life and you manage to, to gain a perspective that that there's more to life than cricket. And, and cricket is actually only a part of us all as, as human beings. Um, I think that would have been a very helpful younger point in, in, in my life.
1: I mean, obviously not a cricket coach. But I think I've seen enough cricket to kind of under, understand the game a little bit. And, and you know, seeing professionals in action, batting's quite technical, but it's actually ultimately very simple, isn't it? You stand there and you hit the ball. And I think, you know, in, in my experience of kind of seeing professionals trying to um, train and everything, the, sometimes the ones that take it massively seriously and go into the minutiae of technique and stuff like that and work on stuff and tinker with things and, all, and think about it all the time actually don't yeah. necessarily succeed as much as the ones that are a little bit more laid back about it.
0: Yeah, I think mean, that's a, a really good observation, It's A very accurate one. I, yeah, I think that uh, I just find it... Again, through experience, now this is in 16th year as a professional, so I have some experience to lean on. There. If you spend all your time seriously analysing the game and, and the game becomes everything, um, I think at some point somewhere along the line that you're going to run out of some steam or, or energy. Or, as we've spoken about previously, if... The game no longer is a possibility for you at at that level. You've got you've got nothing else going on, and that can be a very um, yeah very lonely and um, and difficult place. So I I totally echo your your views on on the guys that are slightly more laid back or have things outside the game or interest outside the game are able to yeah to perform more consistently. But most importantly, James, their their mental well being is uh, given more more of a chance to stay healthy.
1: They say rock stars want to be sportsmen and vice versa if you could have been famous doing something else what would you have chosen to do
0: do you know what not just because it's in the question but yeah I think a, a lead lead guitarist of uh of a great rock band would I, I think I'd have to choose choose that james if I could uh if I could come back heading the Floyd or the stones or zeppelin then um, other than going out and, and open the bat batting it on the publishershire county ground I think that would be uh that'd be right up there if you could
1: meet anybody, living or dead, it's that kind of dinner party question, really. Who would you like to meet and uh, and chew the fat with and find out a little bit more about them?
0: Well, alongside my favoured rock musicians that generally come from late 60s to the end of the 70s and, and have a guitar in their hand. Um, I, I'd have to say someone from the podcast world, actually, um, an American guy called uh, Tim Ferriss that has... Uh, oh, I
1: thought you were going to invite uh, me out, then.
0: <laughs> I've... I've uh, <laughs> Um, I've, yeah, I've spent lots of time listening to his content and an avid reader of, uh, of some of his books as well. He would be someone definitely to spend the afternoon um, with, would, would be, uh, yeah, would be something I would, I'd really enjoy doing.
1: Do you like listening to podcasts? I, I find, um, yeah, especially since starting doing this one a couple of years ago, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I find them really interesting, actually, you know, variety of different yeah. subjects and yeah, try Maybe sometimes from a kind of professional side of things, try and pick up some uh, kind of hints and ways to do things. But there's some really good ones out there, aren't
0: there? Yeah, it's a fantastic one, uh, and and it is. It's just it's a nice and really good resource to yeah to get some more content on on board, especially if you if you're more of an audio learner or your time constraints um, are such that you can't sit down and, uh, and read or, or or talk to someone. To have the, the podcast is. Or something audio is is an amazing resource, and um, personally, particularly on commuting time as well, on longer journeys, I, I find them really good company. And, and yeah, the fact that you can learn bits and pieces along the way is a, is a massive, a massive bonus.
1: They've just made Billy Godelman the movie. Steven Spielberg's got it. Who has he cast in the lead role
0: to play you? Does it you just have to be someone like a famous actor, Jay? It can be anybody you want. Oh, it'd be my brother then. you brother? Um, okay. Yeah, playing my. my looks pretty similar to me and yeah i think if i was enabling someone to play in my life it'd have to be someone that i trusted and, and had a, a good relationship with um and yeah you, you don't get much uh closer and trustworthy than uh than your brother
1: you can get a cameo playing your brother in the film as well can't you? it suits everybody yeah What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? It doesn't have to be cricket; it could be anything. But if when was the last time you really got the butterflies and thought, "Flipping heck, I'm, I'm feeling a bit
0: tenser. I get nervous quite a lot, James. So it, it I'd have to say that yeah, the, the 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 butterflies on on Finals Day this season just gone were, were were pretty strong. Not not actually necessarily when well not at all when when we went out onto the field, but we ended up playing the second game, which was the the second semi-final so we arrived at the game as the, as the first semi-final had started and yeah just the sort of the enormity of the uh, of, of the crowd and the atmosphere and, and knowing that you were going to take part in it and yeah there was uh, there was one or two butterflies on, on the go there but strangely enough just for me personally as soon as I then step onto to the field they you know they disappear it's more the, the lead up
1: Big day for Derbyshire that wasn't it how, how did you find it?
0: It was it was disappointing, actually, James. Um, we were we were obviously really pleased uh, and proud to have played the cricket we did and, and make it to a finals day. But, yeah, just because we are one of the, the smaller clubs and, and we certainly were the underdogs throughout the tournament and, and on the day, it didn't mean that we were turning up there just to take part and, and whatever whatever we got was, was a bonus we, we wanted and, and we thought that we could... We could win two games and lift the trophy. So yeah, it was it was a it was a great experience. I'm really pleased for our sort of members and, and supporters to to finally get to a finals day, um, and and for the team as well because we'd, we'd worked really hard and played some, some good stuff over the last few years. Uh, but yeah, the overriding uh, feeling for me was was disappointment. We we got big comfortably in the semi final and didn't have the opportunity to to play for the cup in the final.
1: What is the top item on your bucket list? Things to do before you die. What's number one?
0: I have another child. <laughs> um, I'd, yeah, I'd love to uh, to extend my family. So yeah, God willing, though, there'll be a, another godwoman at, at least in in the uh, in the near future, James. Well, you've got
1: plenty of time at the moment during lockdown to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Are you a morning or a night person?
0: I oh, definitely morning. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Early riser, quite enjoy like my own sort of time and space for a period in the day, and that generally comes uh, at the crack of dawn before the the, the fun and the chaos of, of, of family life starts. So yeah, very much a, a, a morning person, James.
1: On a scale of one to ten, tens the fonds as cool as you can get. Where would you <laughs> stick yourself on that spectrum? Oh,
0: I, I'd like to think I was closer to ten than I, than I was one. But I'd most stick myself somewhere in the middle. i will push myself the other side of five, six. I'd put myself six.
1: (laughs) Harry Gurney voted himself one the other day. uh, Did he? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you have access to a time machine, where and when would you Mm. like to go to? You can go forwards, you can go backwards, you can go wherever you like. Where would you drive it to?
0: I'd go back uh, to two points, actually. I'd love to go back to the start of my... Uh, son's life i think now he's come to an age where just want to, want to pause him and it feels like it's going really quickly so yeah to, have, to to get back and 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 start that whole process again would 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 be amazing and and equally actually transporting back in time to my early childhood life as well playing games with uh, brother and sister and mum and dad all, all as a five collective were some of my most um, meaningful and, and happy memories. So, yeah, w- w- one of one of those two, games.
1: If you could live anywhere in the world, and cricketers are quite lucky, aren't they? You get to travel a fair bit and see the sunshine. Where would you choose to stick down your roots if you could buy somewhere anywhere in the world?
0: Cape Town, it would be, James, for me. Good answer. Um, yeah, spent quite a lot of um, quite a lot of my time outside of England in in Cape Town over the years. So it's a part of the world that I know uh, know very well. It's, yeah, it's got, it's got everything for, for me personally. I, I love the hike so you've got the mountains. You've got the, the sea there, good weather, nice people, sports mad, food's great. Pound goes a long way. Yeah, I could go on. So, yeah, Cape Town.
1: If you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change?
0: I found this one difficult, James. Not because there's nothing to change, but I am a... It's, it's narrowing a big, it down, is it? <laughs> well, I just, yeah, or, or I'm just, a am a big believer in you. you. You are... You are who you are um, and uh, more of a pragmatic approach of uh, of making the most with the cards you dealt. And if you don't like something or you'd like something to be changed, roll your sleeves up and, and, and get to work. So I hope that is a sufficient answer.
1: What will you be doing in 10 years' time? Where will Billy Godelman be in a decade?
0: Uh, hopefully involved, still involved in the game. I'm pursuing my, my coaching um, badges uh, throughout my career. so. Uh, I'm a level three qualifier coach and, and hoping to to finish my or to get on and finish my level four while still being a player. So yeah, hopefully I'm I'm adding value and giving back to to the great game of cricket in in some team or, or some way. Yeah, in, in a decade's time.
1: We've reached question number twenty. If you'd been picking these questions and you'd been me and you'd been asking Billy Godleman these questions. What would you have chosen to ask to get a fantastic and exclusive answer?
0: I think the one that, as I was answering them, was, I felt most passionate about was the, and I'm paraphrasing the question, so I do apologise, it was around the, um, what would you, um, what would you different, do differently if you were starting out in the, in the game uh, again? Yeah, I think through my own personal experiences and, and having observed other people in, in the game and in life, yeah, if you tie your identity too closely to one given thing, whatever that be, in my case, cricket, um, I, I don't think that gives you the the, the best chance for um, progress and most importantly, um, uh, mental well-being.
1: As a captain now, Billy, and as a, as a senior man in that, uh, that dressing room, you've got obviously a lot of youngsters coming through at Derbyshire. Is that something you, you pass on as advice to people when you when they come in and they're bright eyed and they're, do you see a, a young Billy Godelman there and you think, mm, yeah, let's, let's give him some advice and pass it on or do you just kind of wait for them to come to you and ask you?
0: No, I'm, I'm very, I'm very forthcoming in any, any communication and, uh, and exchanges. However, I do remember the bright eyed Billy Godelman and, um, however much I, I respected and liked my captains at, at the time, I'm not sure how well or how helpful it it would have been to have someone, although they were my captain, um, making sort of demands or too many suggestions to me. So I very much do share on my experiences as I've had them to the the younger guys. Um, But I do very much frame it in a way of these are my experiences if you can run them up against your own and you find some sort of value there, then, then brilliant. It very much comes from, uh, from that stance rather than you must do this or back in my day we done that. Uh, I wish I'd have done it this way. So, yeah, that's very much my way. Like with my captaincy and, um, and general day-to-day life, uh, uh, it's very important to me to be, be myself
1: Billy, I've kept you far longer than I than I said I would, but I've really enjoyed this chat. It's been it's been really good to catch up with you, mate. And uh, thank you very right, much pleasure. for joining me on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, wish you and all the Derbyshire guys and all the supporters down there every success. And uh, well, hopefully you get back on and you're playing f- well far quicker than than I feared at the start of this chat. But I wish you all the best,
0: mate. Thanks very much, and I appreciate you having me. And uh, keep up the uh, the great work, James. Good to speak. It's that badger style.
1: My thanks to Billy Goddleman for joining me on the Cricket Badger podcast today. I spoke at the start about how pleasant the Derbyshire guys were. We spoke in that chat about Wayne Madsen being one of the nicest guys in cricket. Well, I think Billy Godelman is right up there with him. Hopefully, Billy's lockdown continues to be productive or even reproductive. Made me laugh that, actually, his answer to that question. He certainly sounds like he's going to be enjoying lockdown far more than me in isolation in a one-bedroom flat, all of my own. I'm very, very jealous. Got some good ones, actually, for you on the Cricket Badger podcast over the next few days. Dion Kreish, who I knew at Yorkshire when he came across from South Africa to play county cricket. thoroughly really good egg and some really good answers as well from him on the next edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. And then we have a legend. He's a legend in gloves. And he's a legend who now has an easel and a paintbrush. No more clues required. It's Jack Russell who's coming along very, very soon on the Cricket Badger podcast, too. And then another thoroughly good egg, Keaton Jennings, Lancashire and England batsman, joins me as well on the Cricket Badger podcast to talk all things England, Lancashire. And he answers the Cricket Badger 20 questions as well. Also, talking to a very well known Pakistan player, a legend of the game who I'm hoping will join us on the Cricket Badger podcast very soon indeed. So there's plenty to look forward to as you tune in to the Cricket Badger podcast. Supported ably by tvsportsblog.com. My thanks to them for their association with the Cricket Badger podcast. Give them a follow at tvsportsblog on Twitter. And have a look at the website. Got some really good stuff on there, including some of the Cricket Badger podcasts now, which you probably already heard because you're listening to me already. But uh, some plenty of other stuff from uh, the other sports out there on the tvsportsblog.com. Been a pleasure to be with you today. Been a pleasure to speak to Billy. My thanks again to him for his time. Look after each other. Stay safe and well. And I'll see you next time on the Cricket Badger podcast.
0: Podcast Network. 18 plus.